listening to the My Pet Podcast, the show for pet lovers of Australia and around the world. Proudly brought to you by Australia's trusted online pet supply store, Vet and Pet Direct. Hello and welcome to the My Pet Podcast. I'm Beck and I'm joined by Dr. Glenn. Hello everyone. Today we're going to talk to you about our wee little problem. That would be a wee problem in cats. Very punny, yes. <laughs> I thought so. I thought it was pretty clever. <laughs> um, so we want to talk about – it's quite common, I guess, to have some wee problems yep. in inappropriate urination. Unfortunately, really common, yes. In cats. Yep. So we kind of need to talk about the determining why they're doing it. Yep. So there's a couple of reasons – well, groups, classes, I guess. It can yes. either be behavioural or medical. Yep. Lots and lots and lots of different reasons, but yeah, you've got to sort of get that bit out of the road first, decide, diagnose, which is the problem. Yes. Yes. Because obviously if it's a medical problem, you need some intervention by the vet and it's um, probably more serious because it could ultimately lead to um, other health issues and even death, I guess, if it's a really bad thing going on. Yes, but they're both serious because I've seen lots of cats that are – Excluded from houses and and, and their lives are changed by yeah inappropriate urination. That's mm. not a medical thing; it's a behavioural thing. I mean, yeah, if they're peeing in the wrong place, yeah, um, most people can only put up with that for so, for long. so long. If it's on your pillow or um, yep. on your best wedding dress or something <laughs> yeah. else, yeah, and it's not nice. Let's face it; you don't want to live with it. No, it's kind of not the greatest smell to be coming home to every day. No, and <laughs> um, yeah, depending on where it is and how often it is, it, it can be quite a big problem. It yeah. can be. Yeah. So let's talk about, so what do we do if our cat all of a sudden just starts urinating in the wrong place, yep. not in their litter tray? So we I mean, determine between medical and behavioural. Medical and behavioural, and, and there's a fair few components to that. I mean, basically yes. it's okay. Um, they would hopefully normally always 100% of the time urinate where they're supposed to, and mm. for an inside-only cat, that's got to be the litter tray. Um, and for an inside-outside cat, I mean, sometimes they prefer to urinate outside, um, yep. and they've usually got a litter tray inside somewhere for an option yep. if they're locked in at night or if they're spending mm-hmm. time inside, etc. So. If they're not urinating litter tray, okay, where are they urinating for a start? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it officially urinating or, or marking? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, marking classically is cats um, depositing their urine on a vertical surface. Okay, that was very nicely <laughs> said. So they're spraying up the wall. Yeah, is basically- they're spraying up the wall or on the back of the computer or the TV or, or wherever yeah. they're spraying. So, yeah, so it's, it's not on a flat surface. Mm-hmm. They're um, standing up usually with that little twitchy tail movement yeah. and sometimes you'll see it and sometimes you don't. Sometimes they do it in secret and sometimes they're staring you in the face and, mm-hmm. and staying stuff you I'm going to pee up the wall. And I guess that's the hard problem because you're not always there to see. Not always there to see and sometimes it takes a while to figure mm-hmm. out what are all these dried, smelly spots mm-hmm. or sometimes wet smelly spot so yeah so spraying um, marking behavior um, which is 98% of the time a behavioral, behavioral problem um, is on vertical surveys mm-hmm. if it's on a flat surface um, well that's inappropriate urination mm-hmm. and that could be either medical or a behavioral issue and that's sort of the main one where you've got to differentiate mm-hmm. between what's going on and yeah really the only way you can tell is by ruling out the medical things first. first. And then it's probably more important, I guess, to rule out the medical side first. Let's just not put it down to weeks of the cat urinating somewhere it shouldn't be when it could potentially be in pain. Because if you assume it's a a, a behavioural problem and it ends up being a a medical problem, and unfortunately I've got pets that, you know, they've had urinary issues for um, weeks, months, years, um, and 
owners have assumed it's a behavioural problem um, when it's actually got a medical problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, medical problem, most of them we can you know, significantly yeah. stop or, or treat or Improve, cure. Yep. So, um, yeah, getting that diagnosis first and, and realistically, a diagnosis is going to um, be get a urine sample mm-hmm. for a start um, and most likely um, have the cat examined by a vet um, mm-hmm. and rule in or rule out a number of different things that could be going on. Mm-hmm. But um, a urine sample is going to be part of that, certainly. Yep. Yep. So, what are the uh, things that as a vet you'd most likely be looking for where there's well, you know five or six I guess conditions that um, a symptom is that inappropriate urination. Yeah, so, so, so medically um, certainly uh, crystal troubles are quite mm-hmm. frequent. So crystals are little microscopic um, crystals in the urine yes. of um, a couple of different forms and they are not uncommon. We probably think that somewhere between 10 and 15% of mm-hmm. the, the cat population have got a, a genetic uh, predisposition to um, crystal formation. So that's certainly one thing that Is can... Is that a young cat, old cat problem or can be anywhere? It's can, can be anywhere. Yep. Yeah, some of them, I mean, they're usually it's usually not a like a three-month-old kitten problem, but um, often by six to 12 months of age they're starting to exhibit signs or it can come on later on in life depending mm-hmm. on dietary changes and changes of circumstances and that yep. sort of thing. It's usually not an old, old cat problem mm-hmm. um, because they're – Older cats have usually got a degree of kidney problems. and yep. something um, else going yeah, on. Yeah, when we're talking about um, inappropriate urination, usually it's a lower urinary tract medical issue rather than an upper um Urinary tract so your issue. upper is the kidneys. Upper is the kidneys, things, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, if they've got, you know, old cat, um, renal insufficiency, kidney failure problems, um, they'll be producing more urine. Normally they still do that in the litter tray yes. uh, unless they've got a complication of secondary infection or something which like that, happen, which yeah. can happen, yeah, with, with the kidney trouble. So, yeah, I mean, basically the main groupings, certainly uh, the crystal side of things mm-hmm. is, is a big problem. Um, cystitis um, mm-hmm. or true urinary tract infection um, or urinary tract inflammation because cystitis is uh, itis inflammation of the um, cysto bladder, yep. basically. So, so it's inflammation of your bladder. Inflammation of the bladder, yeah, which can be of bacterial origin, so a true infection. We, we think um, true bacterial infections are quite uncommon in cats. Mm-hmm. Usually it's this um, inflammatory cystitis problem, which is actually sterile. Um, sometimes you'll get a bacterial one, but it's, it's usually um, a sterile one. And again, you've got to get you know urine samples and sometimes multiple urine samples to, to diagnose that mm-hmm. um, significantly and, and efficiently. So is there a cause behind that? Are you is there... Or is it, once again, just something that all of a sudden develops? Yeah, some pets seem to be prone to it because they get it once and they seem to get it you know, a multiple um, number of times. Is there an autoimmune um, mm-hmm. response to it potentially? Um, certainly diets can help to change um, and, and treat this, mm-hmm. the syndrome. So therefore, um, do some diets make it more likely to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, that Well, potentially. Um, and sometimes just the luck of the draw. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So then I guess there's also diabetes that comes into this? Yeah, diabetes um, certainly, I mean, increases urine output essentially. Mm-hmm. So again, makes them more prone to, to cystitis and, and you know, bacterial cystitis in, in diabetic um, patients is, is probably more common because they've got urine that's full of glucose, which little mm-hmm. bacteria like to um, feed on and eat. So they're more prone to the bacterial cystitis mm-hmm. side of things. So again, um, just because they're making more urine doesn't mean they'll necessarily do it in the wrong place. Yep. But if they've got something that makes their um, lower urinary tract uncomfortable, and that's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Like if they've got a medical condition that makes um, urinating 
uncomfortable. The cat says, well, bugger it. I've been going in the litter tray and quite yeah. happily for however long and it hurt, so maybe I'm going to try somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it hurts there, so, oh, bugger it, I'm going to try, try somewhere, somewhere else. else. Yeah. Um, so that's where you get this um, this syndrome of, you know, trying in various yeah. different places. And some people think they're being vindictive about it and they're probably, yeah. they're probably not. I mean, they're just um, trying, to find, somewhere trying to find somewhere that's comfortable. And, and sometimes that's, you know, the, the pain of the... Um, shower is a common yep. spot um, or going in the laundry like sink and that sort of thing like just wanting a different spot um, or you know commonly on um, the bed or your mm. pile of clothes or you know, then it can be wherever back of the cupboard or whatever basically mm-hmm. yeah um, but it's, it's really the medical problems are okay something's causing discomfort in that urinary tract um, and that's making them change their behavior because it, it hurts at yes. the end of the day yeah um like can they suffer, I guess, like just general incontinence? Uh, just... They can. I mean, it's it's probably less common. I mean, certainly old geriatric cats with mm-hmm. you know spinal nerve issues and that yep. sort of thing, you can have incontinence troubles. We tend, injury, I guess. yeah, injury like tail pull injury. Certainly, mm-hmm. like if you um, we see unfortunately cats that get tails caught in coming through doorways oh, yep. and that sort of thing, um, and that can damage the nerves or the base of the tail, which mm-hmm. go to the urinary side of things. Um, but it's fairly uncommon, probably. Yeah, certainly not. Um, they don't get a hormonal incontinence like dogs do. Mm-hmm. Um, desex female dogs can get a, a hormonal incontinence we don't seem to see that syndrome in cats so yeah so incontinence is fairly infrequent yep yeah and i mean and frequencies you know one of the main um differentiators to some extent um most of these cats with medical issues they're the urinating inappropriately um as in they're going different places but it's the amount as well like yes. usually um it hurts and they feel the the urge yep. to go, and they do more smaller frequently. bits, don't they? Yeah, like so it's drops. just a, a few drops here and there, and yeah. like they've already got an empty bladder, um, and they're straining yes. to go and, and trying somewhere else, and they're straining to go and try, going somewhere else because they've got an empty bladder. Whereas those other conditions, time. like your kidney problems and even diabetes, it's a larger amount of fluid. Actually, well, a larger amount because they're just producing more urine. So the so the um the amount of like the, the size of each individual yep. um passing of urine tends to be bigger unless they've got the complicating things. Mm-hmm. One small caveat to that, um, you know, desexed, in particular male cats, um, are prone to a potentially, you know, in the short term, life-threatening condition, mm-hmm. which is urinary tract obstructions. Um, and that's, again, got multiple different causes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a male cat um, who's got a, a very narrow urethra, particularly mm-hmm. right at the at the end of his penis, um, if he's got something that blocks or makes that urethra swell, um, he can have a medical emergency. And, you know, mm. if he can't pee for 6 or 12 hours, he's in trouble. Um, and that becomes it's a medical emergency. Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to be straining and might get a drop or two mm. out or, or more likely none and it's um, incredibly painful for them absolutely and they're yeah, feeling sick mm. um fairly shortly as well so that's you know it's not something that like if you're not sure male cats in particular if if they're urinating or if they're showing signs of of strains urinating you're not mm. sure if they're urinating i mean that's a even if it's two o'clock on a sunday morning time that that's an emergency yeah yeah i guess that's something else to mention on the medical side of things those conditions are often painful so you'll often they make a funny sort of meowing sort of sound sometimes. They, they can. Yeah, especially the males, I guess, when they are really got a blockage. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's painful for all of them. Mm. But, I mean, if they're vocalising while they're urinating, yeah, it's a pretty fair chance that they are quite uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, if they're not vocalising, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not mm. you know, painful to some extent. Um, so it's really, yeah, you know, getting a urine sample if you can, and that's easier 
said yeah, yeah. <laughs> than done sometimes. Um, some vets will advocate um, getting your cats used to getting their urine um, tested because mm. um, we've done a podcast on the, the renal and the kidney mm-hmm. side of things like um, routine uh, regular testing of, of cats urine um, is, is quite an important, important part of um, just regular health care for cats. So it shows a lot, tells yeah, you a lot. Getting used to following them into the litter tray with a little sacrificial spoon, mm. spoon or something you can slide under their butt, whether it's a male or a female, and get all you need is a mill or two. Things. Like you don't need much urine um, as a sample. And um, I mean, you know, some people get into taking specific gravities and testing that at home using their own oh, wow. apparatus. Um, okay. Or you've got a sample that you can then put in a syringe um, and, and take to your vet. Yep. Um, and I mean, vets, we are used to, you know, ha- ha- you having cats with urine tract troubles and, and not getting urine samples. So, I mean, usually we admit them and, and yes. get a urine sample when we've got some build up in the bladder. Yep. Yeah. So um, if we bring our cat into you, we're suspecting possibly a medical reason or at least the frequent, uh, the more urination in the wrong places. Yep. Um, so you'll go for the urine sample. Urine sample and, and just a you know, general history and, mm-hmm. and a thorough physical exam. Um, sometimes you won't find anything on a thorough physical mm-hmm. exam. Um, some of these cats that have got particularly the um, the cystitis troubles mm-hmm. and, and chronic cystitis troubles, you'll actually feel the bladder is, is thickened. So the bladder should be this little balloon filled mm. with water essentially and, and the, the lining of the bladder, the bladder wall should be quite thin, like yeah. like two millimetres thick. Some of these poor buggers with um, interstitial cystitis, like you'll have a bladder wall that's five, ten mm. millimetres thick and you can actually feel this mm-hmm. um, solid, meaty little bladder yeah. there that's pretty uncomfortable. Um, and obviously if they've got a very enlarged bladder, particularly mm-hmm. male, okay, you know, have they got an obstruction problem going on? Um, usually the, the external genitalia, there's not much sign to be yeah. seen there. I mean, some of these guys will uh, over groom certainly so mm-hmm. you'll, you'll see them grooming both males and females they'll be you know licking at their genitals because yeah, it's, it's uncomfortable and sore um and that's one of the sort of warning signs sometimes that there's you know additional to the mm-hmm. urination sort of things that, that something's going on uh, but that's the main things to, to check on a, like on a mm-hmm. physical examination and, and the urine sample is you know very telling as to, yep. to what's going on in there is there Bacterial infection, is there more blood than there should be? Mm-hmm. Is there more protein than there should be? Um, is there signs of, you know, pus cells indicating troubles? And, and rarely you can have, um, you know, cancer troubles and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, occasionally you'll have actually bladder stones. Um, mm-hmm. So you'll have, you know, physical accumulations of, of one stone or, or sometimes multiple stones in those bladders and, and those bladder walls are never healthy, so they're quite yeah. thickened. Um, and sometimes you'll have feel that bladder and it feels like a little bag of marbles, a little yeah. bag, bag of stones in there because um, that's what it is and they're rattling around and you can feel them scraping against each yeah. other when you feel their bladder and, and most of those cats have been pretty uncomfortable mm-hmm. for a fair while. Yeah. So um, once you've done the urine test and you have determined the cause, most of these things are able to be treated yep. relatively uh, easily. Yeah, relatively easily. And, and um, it, I mean, sometimes it ends up being like, you know, a lifelong dedication to treating that problem, um, depending on what the diagnosis is. But yeah, most of them are certainly treatable and, and you can get them back to their um, normal habits and, and back to, mm. to full health. Um, but it's usually... If they've got, you know, crystal trouble, certainly that's usually a, a lifelong something's got to change. Um, Which as is in, a diet, normally? As in diet mm-hmm. um, or diet and medication, depending yep. on the diagnosis. Um, and the cystitis side of things, they tend to be a bit frustrating, one of the more frustrating mm-hmm. um, chronic diseases that we deal with because they tend to come back. Yeah. Um, and we can reduce the severity and, and the likelihood of those, um, those mm-hmm. cystitis is coming back. But there's this yeah, inflammatory immune response going on that um, we need to, uh, you know, temper in some way, whether that's through just diet alone or, or other treatments which yep. we can go into. Yeah. Hmm. 
So the, the good thing, I suppose, is that if you, and it's another reason why we get them to the vet sooner rather than later is this um, earlier we get on top of these things, the easier it is to treat, the less pain the animal's in and we're yeah, not two weeks down the track, I guess. That's right. And, and I mean, and that's where the changeover between, um, you know, it's a medical condition and then it becomes a behavioural yeah. thing because if your, your cat's in chronic pain oh. going to the litter tray, okay, it's going to be potentially hard to convince it to go back to the litter yeah, tray after an extended weeks, period of time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, if, if something changes, um, it, it's probably best to get it checked out mm-hmm. there. And then, you know, rule in or rule out the medical side of things. If you've got a medical mm-hmm. problem, go down the pathway of, of treating that specific mm-hmm. medical problem. If it hasn't got a medical problem, okay, that brings you back to the behavioural side mm-hmm. of things and, and then go down that um, pathway okay how am I um, going to convince it to go in the right spot and and what was the cause of that behavioral change mm-hmm. in the first place yeah so that brings us through to the next grouping I guess I guess is the behavioral reasons for why a cat stops using their litter tray yeah so there's a few little things um, a lot of it revolves around the litter itself mm-hmm. I guess a change in the cat litter um, so some cats like there's many different types you've got the crystally types you've got this um, recycled paper pellets there's a whole heap of different options when yep. it comes to yeah, a litter the clump- tray clumpings yeah yep. and they've all got different smells too different smells and, and textures uh-huh. um, so yeah so there's you know there's, there's lots of differences there and and really it's um, you could go with okay you know if they're an outside cat, where do they like to go? Hmm. Kid sandpits, pretty common yep. spot. Um, yeah, like you know, <laughs> dirt, dirt or sand. I mean, that's what um, cats are. Uh, you know, genetically and historically, hmm. that's where they like to go to the toilet. So, uh, I mean, you're clumping clay style yes. litters um, uh, as close to you know natural yeah. as possible so if you had to pick one litter that most cats probably prefer as their mm-hmm. first off that would probably be it um it is certainly dictated by what they've um, been exposed to in early childhood You're in essentially the litter as a kitten isn't it that's, that's right so i mean mum you know goes to the tray and, mm. and takes the kittens in there once they you know probably three to four weeks of age mm. um little kittens will start using um kitty litter and obviously um, some of them can develop a substrate preference mm. as in they like the litter that they start using as, which as a litter sense, tray, which makes sense, yeah. So, uh, you know, any changes to that, if you decide, okay, you know, and I've used all sorts of litters with mm. my cats at home, certainly, I mean, we're through the clay stage and then you get, you know, one cat really likes to <laughs> do the scream down the hallway and fast exit of litter trays and there's clay-based things flying <laughs> everywhere and there's gritty stuff all over the floor. Um, mm. So you say, well, bugger it all, I'm going to mm. dispense change with that, that and change, change oh, something else. Um, and look, some cats are fine with that, but it yeah. can be the catalyst for... Um, some cats saying, well, my toilet's changed. I yes. can't possibly go in there, so I've got to find somewhere else. Yep. Yeah, so it's just something to be certainly mindful of mm. if you're changing your litter substrate. Yes, and even though you might still be buying the same substrate, a lot of them actually have got um, artificial fragrances yep. to them. Like there's a variety, you know, they've got the lavender scented or yep. the, you know, eucalyptus mint. or mint. mint. yep. <laughs> Um, and so, nothing nothing covers up the smell of cat poo, no, effectively. Yeah, that's exactly right. You need to clean the litter tray. Yeah. pretty much that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, cat's nasal passages are obviously about 100 times more sensitive yeah. than ours are. So, yeah, any of those, you know, if the if the scent changes, that might be enough to, to put it them off. It certainly can be, yeah. Um, and, you know, it depends on the type of litter tray and, and we can go down that path. I mean, certainly mm. the, the hooded enclosed litter trays, I mean, it, it looks like a good idea to try mm. and contain that litter. Yeah. Um, but it, it can be a bit confining, yeah. Um, and some cats, you know, don't like the confinement sort of things. Whereas and some cats like it because of the <laughs> that's right because of the um, you know security, cover and security of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, if 
the cover stops the airflow a little bit and makes mm. it smell less for the rest of the house. Well, that probably means it's smelling more for the cat when mm. it's in there. Um, and look, some cats are very, you know, fastidious. They, you know, some, some cats, if there's a we or mm. a poo in the litter tray, well, they're not touching it. They don't, again, they're yep. not, they don't go near it. Um, so again, you know, that can come into play as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So um, the other problem, I guess, then with litter is um, it's the same thing you were just speaking about, the dirty litter trays. Some cats just really don't like a dirty litter tray. That's right. Yep. So unfortunately you've got to clean it. You've got to clean it. And, and, you know, how uh, many litter trays should you have? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if you've got one cat, um, you, the current you know, animal behaviourist theory is you probably should have one more litter tray than you've got cats. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that means you've got, you know, one cat, you probably should have two litter trays. Yep. Um, and, and that probably doesn't mean two litter trays side by side because that's yeah. probably really just one litter tray. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, have two different litter trays mm-hmm. as, as an option. And if you've got three cats, it probably means you need four litter mm-hmm. trays. Um, and, okay, do you have the same substrate in all of them? You know, you probably should have the preferred one that they like, mm-hmm. but then multi-cat household and they come from different breeders and one cat Once likes one type and one cat likes the other yeah. type of litter. So, I mean, things can get complicated there. Yeah. Um, and certainly the type of, of litter tray, I mean, most cats don't like tiny little litter trays because yes, it's like better. going to tort in a portaloo pretty much it's <laughs> it's fairly uncomfortable most of the time yeah. um so yeah so you know the bigger the better and and um finding big litter trays can be fairly mm. difficult sometimes i mean we um have had again multiple different iterations mm-hmm. of litter trays um at my place um i can't remember what they're called but there's one that's got like a a, a grated system where the litter tray you've got some litter oh, yes. that sits in the top of it and then you've got yep. a tray underneath which, which does most of the absorption yep. like it's quite a big litter tray yeah. um but your standard sort of supermarket um, or uh, some of the pet store um, litter trays, like they, they're quite small. And, yeah, uh, they and, are. and if you've got a big cat, I mean, if they're you know standing up on the edge of it and their butts nearly hanging out the other end, um, that's probably not much fun because mm-hmm. their normal activity is to okay, you know, scrape around, dig a hole, and spin around five times, right. and then yep. do the thing, and then spin around five more times and, and scrape the wall yep. and scrape the edge of the box and yep. scrape the litter in there. So the more room they can have, the better, mm-hmm. certainly. So I mean, if your cat is having elimination problems mm. um potentially you know seeking a, a bigger litter tray or or making your own you know big litter tray yeah. with a, a flat box like a under bed storage crate yeah, um, which, which are you yeah, know things, bigger yeah. um your cheap um you know um high-sided um two dollar shop Crate, oh, yeah, crate yep. sort of things. Um, you see people that have, you know, cut like a doorway yeah. into that, so they've got high edges, which might contain some of the, the litter sort of things. Yep. <laughs> um, but it's just quite a big area um, yeah. in there for the for the cats to um to feel a bit more homely in. Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's masses. We've got masses of um different types of litter trays on the market. Yeah. Um, we sell you know the self cleaning versions, yep. and some cats really just don't like that because it's like a motorized thing yep. that scares them half to we, death. We've had that one too. Yep. Yeah. It, it, it was going. We liked it, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's again, it's quite big, yes. Um, and it is self-cleaning. Um, it it like scrapes the yeah. It's got a stuff. it's got a um, just a little grate basically yeah, that runs along the runners. <laughs> yep, and it's got a motion sensor yes. in it, so the cat, cat goes in, and uh, I think it's like two minutes after mm. or something, give them enough time to finish. Yeah. Um, and it uses the um, the crystal absorption mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, so whether it's a a wee or it just basically sweeps through and the crystals yeah. absorb all the urine, or if it's a poo, it gets scraped from one end yeah. um, with the little gratey system to the other and and put. Um, quietly underneath a little mm. flap yep. at the end and then the scraper goes back. Um, we stopped using it because my old boy, who's now 22, um, has some uh, chronic diarrhea issues and, and it didn't yeah, cope well messy. with that because yeah. you've, yeah, basically you're combing 
who yeah. it's diarrhea through it and it didn't go very well. Yeah. I know we've, well, I don't know, but just upstairs with the customer service girls, there's been like six, seven cats alone upstairs. So I'm pretty sure amongst everyone, we've tried every single litter tray and every type of litter. Yeah. And honestly, they do change depending on the cat too. Yeah. And the stage of their life, they've had yep. to, you have to change at some point because for some reason they just all of a sudden don't like that particular one. Yep, that's right. And, you know, change. older cats, like if you've had a high-sided yeah. litter tray that, that, you know, takes a bit of jumping up and jumping down yes, and then true. your older pet gets arthritis and doesn't jump up and down mm. as well. Um, so, yeah, so the, their preferences and, and their ability to use litter trays can certainly change. Yep. So it's just being yeah, mindful of that and, and I suppose trying to interpret what's going on yeah. to some extent. which can be yeah. tricky because they can't tell us unfortunately it'd be nice yeah Yeah. so i guess um if you're planning to change your litter tray for any reason or change your litter we often recommend trying to mix the two litters if you can yeah you can transition it that way um and litter tray position is the other thing like they can be sticklers for routine and Mm -hmm. and if you're going to change okay i don't want it in that room anymore i'm going to change it somewhere else Mm. and if you just pick up the litter tray and you know put it somewhere else and show the cat where it is i mean sometimes that's fine and sometimes that's not fine because they just say okay no my litter tray used to be in that bathroom (laughs) and there's not a litter tray in there anymore so i'm just going to do it on the floor (laughs) or in the shower or or whatever clothes are sitting in there so um the behaviors sort of go by okay if you're going to change positions um you can do it slowly as in mm-hmm. you know do it over a 10-day period just move it two feet a day and, yeah. and sneak it in the right in the right direction um so when I mean, the litter trays in the hallway it's a bit difficult that's right um so you know it depends on the cat um and hmm. it depends on the household but, but that's one way you know to yeah. do it or you know put the a new litter tray in the new spot but yes. leave the old litter tray in the old spot and and um sort of transition that way so, that, that so they've work. got an, another option yep if yeah. you're changing the type of litter tray that's always a good idea to leave the old one yep while they examine the new one yep. cats are sticklers for routine absolutely so the more you can introduce things slowly yeah. um it works better for them try and, keep, gradual... try and keep things the same but yeah. if you've got to change something you can't keep it the same you've got to try and do it slowly yeah slowly yeah. is yeah. preferred yeah um so i guess that the posi- other reasons for the behavioral problems can be the actual position of the tray something might have upset them like if you've got it say in your laundry and you've got a big door glass door and for some reason they'll go in the toilet one day and a dog bounded behind the window and yep. frightened them that's enough to sometimes put them off yeah sometimes you know, like it's an association thing with, yes. that, with that position if something um untoward happens yep. yeah door slams or something else and, and sometimes you don't really know i mean what, well, the, hell, what, what the hell's worrying them now yeah um but once you've ruled out the you know the medical side of things okay then it becomes back to the you know the, the behavioral side of things so there's also well that was the bad associations i guess some cats just aren't trained very well from kittens just why they're not Using a litter tray all the time. No, that's right. And, and that can be, you know, if they've been mostly outside cats and they come yeah, into tricky. an inside-only situation or if they've had the option of being you know, an inside-outside cat. Um, yep. And a lot of the time that means that they go to tour, you know, as much as they can outside because they've got, you know, a better, what they consider as a better, more natural yeah. position to do it. Um, and then, you know, there's a new dog in the household or mm-hmm. feral cats out or some for a reason that you say, yeah. okay, you're going to be an inside cat from now on. Um they may not be fully acclimatised to yep. um, going in that litter tray potentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, changes really just upset cats, don't they? Yeah. Like change Some, some cats, be, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, some cats. Some cats are pretty crazy, yeah. but cats tend to feel things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and change like new pet, yep. new, new, um, new cat, new dog, new, cat, yep. new child, new, child, new mother-in-law. Pets. Just mother <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, just yeah, a different a, ha- a different household <laughs> dynamic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It definitely can affect things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have to take that into consideration. I guess they're the ones that 
you know, once that change is eliminated, if it can be, like the mother-in-law or the visitor, um, they'll get over it. <laughs> but it sometimes just once it, one little change is enough to flick their switch for yep. – a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I mean, really, if, if, you know, if the change is a permanent thing, like yes. a, a new house member or whatever, you've, new got, child. To, you've got to try and you know, do something. And, yeah. and I mean, in most cases, probably the addition of another litter tray or another option, you know, closer to where they're um, preferring vo- to go, vo- voiding. And then, okay, if they're peeing in the bedroom um, and that's the only place they seem mm. to want to pee, um, probably a litter tray in the bedroom would be a better option than on the bed. Yeah, um, right. So if you can again, get them peeing in a litter tray in the bedroom, Okay, then you can transition that litter tray to moving from the bed yeah. <laughs> from the bedroom sort of thing. Just once you've re-established, okay, at least I'm peeing in a litter tray. Yeah. Um, and look, if if the if you can't get things to change and everything's not going well, I mean, some pets will end up um, needing you know confinement to a smaller area with mm-hmm. their requirements for life, as in you know, food, water, litter tray, and, yep. and there's not much else. Um, you know, when they're not being actively supervised just to try and re-establish and retrain. It's like breaking the, the habit, isn't it? Yeah, breaking the habit. So where that means, you know, confining to, you know, one room um, yeah. and preferably the room where the litter tray is going to, you know, yeah. stay. Um, that's one way to try and, you know, re-establish things. But again, that's another change in itself. So that's mm-hmm. it's not a last resort, but it's a fair way down the, you know, down the list of things to do to try and just, okay, I'm not going to give you many other options of where, yeah. where to go um, unless I'm actively supervising you just to try and, um, okay, sort of reset. Um, yeah, that's what and, it is, and, a reset, And, and go back to, okay, this is, you know, this is where you eat and this is where you drink and, yeah. and this is where the toilet is. Um, and that's probably something else to think about. Um, just talking about putting them in the same room. You're mm. not going to put the litter tray beside the food bowl. Let's um, face it, you don't want your toilet in your kitchen. No. Um, <laughs> so that's something to be, you know, mindful of with litter, yeah. litter tray placement as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you, yeah, if, if everything cat-wise is in one room, mm. yeah, I mean, try and have as much separation as possible between the, the, yeah. the food source and the toilet source. Yeah, yep. I know at my place right. we try and have a fair bit of stuff in the laundry where the yep. dogs can't get to because yeah. we've got a cat flap through the, um, through the laundry door and, and, house, and the cats can <laughs> go through there except now I've got a puppy and another little dog that's always going to be able to sit through the cat yep. flap. So just in the process of changing over to microchip-activated cat flaps oh. to exclude little puppy from where the cat's litter tray is going to be because dogs love Oh, the litter tray. Crumbed prawn cutlets. <laughs> really tasty and then yeah. think they eat that and lick your face. Yes, so always think where your dog's tongue's been. Um, but, yeah, so that's that's sort of part of the way that we manage yeah. it at my place. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also we've got a couple of products that um, Feel Away is a really good one for behavioural issues in cats. Yeah. So it's a, um, what do you call it, a pheromone-produced yeah. It comes in a spray. It comes in a diffuser. So that's a plug-in, like a um, like an air freshener plug-in that you plug yep, into the. Yep. Wall. You can't smell it as a person. It doesn't that's have right. any um, effect on us. Yeah, it's just got the feline appeasing pheromone in there. Yep. Um, so, so same as your cat rubbing its whiskers over the furniture <laughs> or something else that's new, or the new person in the house makes um, them happy. Makes them happy and, and thinks everything smells like home. Essentially, and, yeah. Um, safe. Yep. gives them that sense of security, I yep. guess. So it can help with, you know, and that's transitioning to new houses or yes. you know, new pets and or new mm. furniture or, you know, things that change in cats' lives. It can help um, help with that transition and, and help mm-hmm. a, prevent behavioural disorders mm-hmm. um, and also help with treating behavioural disorders if we've come down to, okay, it is a behavioural yeah. disorder. Yeah. So that's um, definitely something that you may need to look at if you're getting to that behavioural, um, you think it's a behavioural problem or you know it's a behavioural problem and – 
but you don't know what to do because nothing else is working. Yeah. That's definitely one thing that um, can help. Yeah, and, and hopefully really that's a conversation, you know, when you get the, you know, is it a medical problem or is it yes. a behavioural problem with your vet? I mean, hopefully they've got, you know, some ideas on, okay, this is how we can attack this mm-hmm. um, problem because, you know, all two cats are the same and, and it depends mm. on, you know, where they're going and, and what's happening, how frequent it is mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what life stage and what other complicating mm, factors. So um, there's it's usually a, a multifactorial um, approach really and, and is, certainly the, the, the pheromonal um, assistance can certainly help, yeah. 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 Um, are there any other reasons that you can think of that we need to let people know about? I think that's the main ones, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, there's what can upset cats. I mean, it's just a bit a, well, a, really a, list, a, list, a list as long as you're on. Yeah, um, and, um, I mean, sometimes, you know, deciding what that is can, can yeah. be quite difficult. I mean, I suppose the spraying side of things, um, we haven't really talked about a great mm. deal. I mean, it's usually a, you know, a territorial or, a, a or an anxiety um, yep. problem. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, certainly entire male cats, oh, once, they, like once they get to eight to ten months of age, they're going to do that anyway so there's not many people have tomcats yep. in a house that don't, no. um, that go um, very well in the scheme of things but unfortunately there's you know tomcats often wandering the streets and coming and spraying absolutely the and, and that's the problem like if you've got an inside cat and, yeah. and you've got you know screen doors and and mm. you know um, windows i mean there's there's plenty of inside cats that get terrorized by the yeah. by the local tomcat that's outside or, or just the local neighborhood cats yep. that are visiting and that sort of thing so um you know if all of a sudden there's this spraying behavior or Mm-hmm. Or some anxiety style behaviours going on. I mean, sometimes that's you know a big part of it. Is, is there a cat you know that's Wondering. on the outside of the house that's potentially causing troubles? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's definitely something else to think of. And once again, you might not always know that that's it's right. happening. Yeah, and it, it is hard. So it can um, be a bit of a guessing game as well with behavioural wise, I guess. Can be, yeah. And that's the thing. Like sometimes you can you know through a thorough history, you can pinpoint. Okay, you know we had visitors or something yeah. has changed. You know, new pets or mm. pet exiting the scene or something going on. And and sometimes it, it doesn't seem, you know, anything that Real we trigger. can interpret as to, okay, what's going on, but mm-hmm. but obviously something's, um, you know, causing the, the cat anxiety issues if there's no medical basis to it. Yep. Um, and um, just going through the checklist of, okay, how can we like make life make life less complicated and mm. less anxious for the um, for the pet in general if you haven't got a specific cause as such that you can do something yeah. about? Yeah. So that's probably the best way to look at it is the. It's an anxiety, I guess, most coming from a stressor of some sort. Stressor of some sort, which which may be um, able to be um, picked up or or may not. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. So, and then it's just a process of elimination and trying to work out the way to get them back to normal. Yeah. But hopefully, I mean. You can do it. Yeah, and look, most of the time, most pets um, that have a change in behaviour, you can, you know, work out, okay, is a medical thing and then nip it in the bud and, yes. and that might mean, um, you know, a lifelong of changing something for the cat, you know, medically, mm. but you can stop that behaviour and stop it from forming. Mm. I mean, the longer it's been going for, the, the more difficult it's going to be, certainly. Mm. And, I mean, I've got, you know, pets that have got behavioural um, issues and, and they've been, you know, peeing in the wrong place in the house for three or four years and, yeah. and people have been, you know, putting up with it and, and trying all sorts of different things and it hasn't worked, unfortunately. Um, I mean, those cases can be really hard and that's really where that the you know the reset side of things comes yeah. into it. it's like okay we've got to go strip strip it back to basics and just try and yeah. you know start from the start because you know a lot of time the alternative is is you know that cat's getting euthanized or, or can't be in and the home is. or it just gets locked in the garage full time because they can't have it in the house because it's ruining mm. furniture and that sort of thing so you know it's good if it obviously doesn't get to that stage yes. but yeah i mean it is difficult if you've got um you know a cat that you've tried lots of stuff and it's still you know doing those behaviors it's you know it's, it's a, not it, nice it's, it's a life-threatening problem for the cat it certainly is. yeah Essentially, medical or behavioural is yeah. life-threatening, isn't it? And, um, yeah, they're not good subjects to 
rehomed to somewhere no, else. And, and they normally take the problem with them. That's right. And, you know, if you've got a full-time inside cat that's voiding everywhere, I mean, giving it to someone to have as mm-hmm. an outside cat, you know, that's not much fun for that poor little cat because no. um, it's already probably stressed out mm. with what's going on and exactly. sticking it outside somewhere is not going to make its life any more pleasant, that's for sure. So I guess the biggest thing to take out of what we've been talking about is if it starts, if that urination anywhere around the house is starting – Get them to a vet, get it determined um, sooner, like really get onto it as quick yeah. as you can. Yeah, because it's not normal. I mean, it's a change from the normal behaviour yeah. and, and, you know, if it happens once and then everything's fine, like, mm. okay, you know, maybe it was a one-off, you know, accident and then yep. something happened. But, you know, if if over a, you know, 24-hour period, if there's mm. a couple of weeks not in the right spot, there's something going on and something's changed because, as we said, you know, cats are stickers for their routine. And if mm-hmm. that's a, a vast departure from their routine, something's going on. If it's a medical problem, that's the time to do something about mm-hmm. it. Um, if it's a behavioural problem, okay, the earlier you start modifying that behaviour and getting mm-hmm. it back to normal, the, the more likely your success is, certainly. Yep. What's the um, what's the typical number of urinations for a cat a day, do you know? If I had to estimate, I'd say six to eight for most normal um, adult cats. I mean, Uh kittens, it's more frequent. um, And if they've got no underlying medical issues, Uh I mean, some cats um, that are indoor cats and fairly lazy and don't do much exercise, (laughs) I mean, that might be back to two or three times a day, depending on what they're doing. Um, But yeah, I mean, six to eight, I think, would be normal Uh for most pets. Yeah, Yeah, so that's something to keep in mind too, I guess, is if uh, if you're noticing four or five accidents in a day. Yeah. There's something going on. That's right, yeah. Or if the litter tray, like if it's in the litter tray and, you know, there's there's normally three or four, you know, big wheeze in the litter tray yeah. when you go to clean it out and all of a sudden there's, you know, 10 to 15 yeah. smaller ones, okay, they're still, it's still in the litter tray but the urinary habits have changed. Yeah. Is there a urinary tract infection, cystitis, yep. crystals, whatever going on um, that's changed the frequency of urination um, and, yep. and they're still doing it in the litter tray at the moment um, but it's still a change from what's normal so that's something to get checked out. See, so, so urination problems are actually one of the most common problems for a yeah. cat. It's really the thing that, yeah, bothers <laughs> cat owners and cats yeah, more than I anything. Mean, obviously, you know, a pillow covered in wee is pretty obvious, oh, yeah, or, or, or you know, blood tinged, you know, yes. urine on the floor or something. I mean, it's, it, it's quite obvious, um, but it is a, a really common problem, like that that crystal problem with cats. Um, you know, it's one of the more common health issues that we mm. see um, with cats, and, and that's why there's a multitude of different diets and everything else to, 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 to try and fix that. Um, and most of the time, you know, that we can do that successfully once you've got a diagnosis that's as to what's going on, yeah. um, and um, and do the appropriate screenings and, and the yep. appropriate treatments from there. Definitely don't be taking the diagnosis into your own hands, I guess. Like, don't just, oh, start them on a different prescription diet. It's yeah. something that a vet needs to really discuss with yeah, you. Yeah, you need to decide, you know, again, get a diagnosis yeah. of what the problem is because even if your pet's got crystals and, and you're suspicious of that, or, I mean, some mm. of them you can see, like, they're just peeing sand. Yeah. Um, and, okay, they've got crystals. Yeah. doesn't tell you what sort of crystals they are. That's right. Because microscopically, you know, the two main crystals, struvite crystals and calcium oxalate, mm. a diet that is um, – suitable for one of those crystals can actually make the other one worse that's right Um, so there's you know there's there's problems with um not knowing what's going on and and thinking okay Mm. something's got to change okay there's a urinary diet that's available um that may work um Mm. but it might make it worse Um, and that's the last thing you want to do actually something we get asked often um by cat owners is oh can i change my cat food to this different version of urinary diet or something because it's either cheaper or the other one's not available at the time when yep. they go into store which which is a problem not available mm. or, or the you know single um 
source food, the cat's getting sick of it and, yeah. and, and isn't wanting to eat it anymore. Um, and sometimes, like, you know, under direction, you can change to a different brand that achieves the same thing. Yes. Um, but changing brand of one urinary-based diet to another urinary-based diet, um, you know, you could be doing the wrong thing, mm. certainly. Yeah. So we that's where we always recommend, no, don't be changing your prescription urinary diets um, without discussing first with your vet. And that's the reason is that there's, yes, they come under the blanket urinary diets but there's um variations that's that right. Are right for the right different yep. conditions yep and so. and the wrong one can cause problems mm. at times definitely yep. so yep. definitely be checking with your vet before making any changes yep. and i guess the other thing that you might be in need of if you've got this little wee problem and you're on your hands and knees <laughs> climbing around the house on the carpet sniffing it and smelling shoes and clothes and stuff because sometimes it's dry before you find it yep. um you need to have on hand some um decent a spray a cleaner to clean those surfaces so whether that be it's on the carpet on the rug or um in the tiles like in the grout it gets into the grout and yep. it smells like you think it's a hard surface you can wipe it off it doesn't actually always work in that grout part. Yep. um so you need a um we think the enzyme based cleaners are what you really essentially need yep. they get in and they break down the smell and the stain, the odor yeah. and the stain, and they also stop the cat from wanting to go back and mark in that same position. Yeah, it's just it's it's um, getting rid of the smell and not putting a stronger smell over the stop, mm-hmm. over the top, essentially. And I mean, if it's a marking behavior, um, the cat's doing certainly putting a stronger smell there isn't going to help, and it's probably de- it detrimental to the situation. Yeah, um, and if it's not a um, you know a, a marking thing, if it's just uh, needing to get a toilet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if that place smells like urine, the pet's more likely to say, okay, this is the toilet, this is where yeah, I'm going to go. Right, um, yeah. And, yeah, the enzyme base cleaner is certainly better than, you know, strong bleach or all sorts of other things yeah. that, that are just strong-smelling things. And they essentially mask it, the other things, I guess. Well, they're masking, but, I mean, cats aren't silly. I mean, they yeah. go, gee, there's a really strong smell of <laughs> lavender and urine here. It still smells like a toilet that's full of lavender. Right. I'm going to use as it as the toilet. Said, their noises are much more sensitive, yeah, sensitive that's than right. ours. So. And, you know, that's, that's what they're you know, hmm. more sensitive to and more able to, to, to find out and, and to us yeah it might smell like gee I've made it smell really clean and, and yeah. full of bleach and it just smells like bleach and urine yeah, um, that's the right. cat, whereas the enzyme base it breaks down the actual um, the physical yeah. compounds that smell like urine and, and get rid of that yeah, rather mm. than just covering it up. There's some really good ones available now. Um, there's actually a number of different enzyme based stain and odour removers so definitely if you've got a cat um, I don't know sometimes it's something you kind of need in the cupboard anyway yeah it's probably, it's probably worthwhile having yeah. just a, you know, one thing on hand to clean up there's, well, there's always going to be potentially something that's right yeah. let's face it you don't want to not have it on hand and then yeah. have to wait you know a few days before you get to the shop or you order it online and yeah. then you've got the stain sitting yeah. there and, so. and even if you know if the kitty litter ends up you know all over the floor and yeah, stuff which I mean, happens that can happen and i mean mm. again my old boy he you know was going in his litter tray quite happily and mm. he got arthritic enough that his butt didn't stay in the litter tray. So yeah. he was in the litter tray, but the urine was going outside the litter tray. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's all sorts of That's many right. circumstances or where you, you might, have, you might have to clean stuff up. Yeah. done that before. You forget to bring it back in after you've cleaned it out or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that causes a problem. Yes. They wouldn't be impressed yeah. with that. So yeah. keep some in the cupboard if you've yeah. – <laughs> just to have on hand just in case. And I guess, once again, just get them into your vet if you notice any sort of change. Yeah. Early is um, the best idea. Earlier the better. Yeah. All right, I think that we've covered everything. Yep. There's um, a great deal of information in the Vet and Pet Direct Help Centre as well on both the different behavioural and medical causes of um, urination, well, the inappropriate urination, as well as um, some information on your 
other uh, conditions like the kidney and renal failure, which we've also done a podcast on because that's um, can show similar signs, I guess, and symptoms. But it's still a urinary tract trouble, yeah. and, and there's crossover there too because yeah, because of those kidney cats can yeah. end up more predisposed to lower urinary tract troubles yeah. as well. That's right. So there's a podcast on that that we did um, a little while ago, but yep. definitely if. You've got a cat, it's probably something both of these topics are something that you should be aware of yep. um, just to have in the back of your mind. Because it's really common. It know. is really common. Yep. It's, You know, cats are, are pro- possibly a bit easier to look after than dogs, maybe less health issues sometimes. <laughs> it's probably less range, but the ones yeah. that they get are common. sometimes common and disastrous. Yeah. Yes, that's yep. basically it, isn't yep. it? Yeah, yep. there's less range is probably. <laughs> so, yeah, check out the Help Centre and check out our – have a listen to the other podcasts and um, – so you know your stuff about your cat. Yep. And, and hopefully you never have to worry about it. That would be ideal situation, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, unfortunately chances are <laughs> it might come up. Um, but thank you for listening. And as always, it's just uh, some general advice and information that may or may not be suited to your circumstances or your pet's circumstances. So if you're ever in doubt, get in touch with your vet. Yep. Sounds like a good plan. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.